This is the Pain Information Network, 56. This episode's a lot of fun for me because I have Kathy on. That's my wife. Kathy is also a nurse that works in our practice, and she does so much for the practice. She helps manage the back end. We call it the back office. She does so much with employees, and we really have a great group of employees. We enjoy working with them. We like getting up in the morning, and we like just going home and relaxing in the evening because that's what it's all about, quality of life. And I hope we can get that to our patients. That is so important. The purpose of this podcast is to convey at least not only some hope that there's quality of life out there, but that there are solutions. So I'm going to introduce you to John and Cindy Swicegood. I've had John on before. He's such a practical guy. He's just a normal guy that provides exceptional care. Where does that come from? An exceptional relationship. And it has to be that way. It's a partnership. And same with Kathy and I. We do the office chores together and we enjoy it. We consider patient care an honor and an exceptional part of our life. And we have four dogs, and we're outside. I'm not in a studio. You can hear birds out here. Who knows what? I can see some ducks out there. And these dogs um, are a big part of our life. They come into the office every day. So I want us to have the opportunity to interview John and Cindy and to get Kathy on so you can you can kind of see what it's like to really get into the nuts and bolts of running an office. It's not easy, and there are so many regulations. It's really tough, and it's getting tougher every year. But we're going to do it, and we're going to do it with a smile on our face and a song in our heart. So here we are. Hi, Kathy. Hi, Hans. That voice on the other end is my wife, Kathy. Kathy and I have been together how many years? 38 years. Ooh. That's <laughs> back before the first Star Wars, I believe. But that's not dating us. That's not dating us. We met in college, and Kathy and I, we um, kind of been around forever. She went through nursing school, and I went through my, my little endeavor called medical school. Before that, I was a paramedic, and she just kind of went through this whole deal with me, and we seem to still get along. Now, in the background, you're going to hear the clink of our little vigilas. How many vigilas? Four. Oh, tell that story. (laughs) Two of them are therapy dogs, and they work in our office, and our patients absolutely love them. They're certified. And then the other two are a brother and sister that we rescued from a kill shelter. They had holes in their diaphragm, and we were able to get it repaired. One got parvo, but then they finally both survived, and I get to take four dogs with me to the office every day. What's Gibbs going to be? We're hoping he's going to be search and rescue. He's got a phenomenal nose. And Abby? She's just going to be a pet. Well, get it, Abby and Gibbs. And then that's uh, Sophie and Gracie, the therapy dogs. They're fantastic. Uh, what they do in the office is amazing. What they do today? Uh, they spent the entire day with our daughter at Special Olympics. She had her field and track competition, and they were just adored. They're probably exhausted because they probably had 200 kids hug on them today. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I guess this is a dovetail into what we do. Kathy and I work together. We actually like working together. We actually like each other. Uh, my first day as an intern, I, I had the pleasure, the distinct honor, the worst day of any post-medical school day is be your first day as an intern, July 1st. And where were you? 
I was in charge that day and had a patient that was dying. On the floor I was assigned. So there you go. I'm turning to her, ooh, help. <laughs> so, so we go way back. And now we work in the office together. And um, I, what do you think of that? Oh, I love it. Uh, some days I'm behind the computer all day long. I do all the books, the bookkeeping, the accounts. And then other days I'm his private nurse. Kathy's uh, family's background is in accounting as well, and uh, she did a full four under, years undergrad and then uh, three years of nursing, so, I mean, she's got some chops. Now, <clears throat> Kathy, you know John and Cindy Swicegood. They are salt to the earth, right? Oh, absolutely. Oh, love yeah. them to death. We both do. And they're going to be on the show today, and they do what we do. We're a small practice, um, small, like, I don't know how many employees we have, but a, a lot of great employees to make the machine run, but it's still considered small. Small, in this day and age of medicine, uh, requires an operational force that is uh, more and more heavily regulated, and we just have to get through the day. We seem to do okay, don't we? Yeah, we do. Yeah. So Kathy helps me with procedures. She helps me manage patients, and she does the uh, back office. We uh, love our employees to death, as do John and Cindy, because they are the engine that keeps us running. So, what do you think? we got to listen to John and Cindy for a minute, and we'll catch you on the backside. All right? Sounds good. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, this is Banner Day. Banner Day. I've got the dynamic duo here. Cindy is with me. Along with John. And John's an old friend, John Swicegood, and his lovely wife, Cindy. How many years, Cindy? 41 years. 41 years. And you look like you're about 25 years old. You look fantastic. (laughs) They take good care of themselves, and they do what so many physicians and uh, their practice managers do throughout the country. What they do is they try to make sure their patients can be seen. They can be seen timely. They can be seen in a, in a care environment that is uh, top-notch, have a good outcome, and everybody does just fine. They go home, they pet their dog, they say, I feel better. And it's not the physician as much as uh, the office people that really make the day go smooth. All right, tell us about yourself, Cindy. Well, I'm uh, to be the office manager for my husband, solo practice, and I... Uh, oversee the things in the office that need to be done, but I'm not clinical. I do um, keep things in a mannerly way and keep uh, paperwork in order and have things ready when someone needs them. It's uh, a lot to keep care of seven employees and legal ramifications and HIPAA paperwork and all the claims and rejections and everything that Gratefully, we have a lot of help in the office with three other office workers, clerical workers. But I'm very proud of my husband. He's been very prolific and self-sustaining, and it's a challenge these days. So, uh, Oh, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, I work with my wife as well. People don't probably realize it, that little cute redhead that's running around is my wife, and she's an RN. She's a crew of care RN, seven years of training, and we love working together. As a matter of fact... My first week as an intern, my first day I walk into an intern, and she's in charge of the floor that I'm working on. And it was, it's so true. I look to her with these eyes like, help. Uh, and I know John looks to you many times with those eyes, help. 
Um, because you're the spark plug. You make the office work. I know because my wife does so much on the back end of the office. So, all right, l- let's take it from beginning to end. I know that we can't do what we do without the back office doing what they do. Take me through your day. Well, getting the mail and coming in and sorting things out, uh, checking up on people, making sure everyone's where they're supposed to be. And they always are. It's not a challenge. We're all like a big family at AIPD. But um, All right. Say what AIPD is. A advanced, shout out. AIPD is Advanced Interventional Pain and Diagnostics of Fort Smith, Arkansas. Dr. Right. John Swicegood. All right. <laughs> but we, uh, we are a powerhouse. We get a lot of work done. One doctor keeps seven women hustling around like ants in an ant pile. But it's all orderly. It all gets done. By the end of the day, we're still smiling, usually. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I met three of them. They're, I, I know they're just like my, my staff. They are dedicated from the beginning of the morning to the end of the evening. And that's what it takes because I don't think we're a dying breed, but we're becoming more of a rare breed of standalone practitioners. Um, but it's pain, it's pain medicine. Uh, this is a unique specialty. Now, when a patient comes in and they see the doctor, they think, oh, he just turned in a bill and he's going to get paid. That's not what happens, is it? Oh, no. Oh, no. They may have a copay, and that's the first dip into the reality for them, but their insurance, they don't know what their insurance is sometimes, and it's difficult to pre-check these patients and then make sure that when they arrive, they have the actual coverage they told us about. So that's just the start of it all. And then there's um, special cases and people who forgot their checkbook or they don't they didn't think they had a deductible or a copay. You know, there's a little bit of everybody. <laughs> well, exactly. And so sometimes my patients feel a little offended when we ask for ID. We have to do that, don't we? Yes, everyone has to have a valid ID. Every year we open the year up saying, okay, what's your new deductible? What's your new, if you've changed your insurance, let us have the cards. We need your driver's license. And uh, some of them take offense, but usually they're their old favorite patients, most of them, so right. <laughs> they're used to the right. regime. And, and the phone number. Please keep your phone number updated. That Please. is hard to do. <laughs> yeah. And so, okay, you know, it's, it looks just so like the doctor's going from room to room, and my God, he charges me so much, or my insurance company gets charged so much. But I, I would say probably 60%, 75% sometimes of what we do is in the back office. There's pre-certification. Tell us about that. Well, I don't do the pre-certification. I did a long time ago, but we have other office workers now. But it's a long term on the telephone, usually automated. Drives you nuts. You have to make sure you've got the numbers down right. Um, Some of them can be searched out and found before the patient comes in. Their Blue Cross or AHIN can help us. Uh, But it's uh, difficult. Then you have to double-check yourself when the patient actually walks in. And then their insurance may or may not cover certain procedures that we don't yet know they will be require, you know, will require. So the physician has to kind of tell us what's going on next, and then the nurses take over after that. And they try to pre-certify specific things if we know it needs to be pre-certified. But there's, yeah. a, there's a lot of, uh, of juggling and a lot you of ups said and it. downs. It takes a full-time person. Mm-hmm. It's not the practice manager that does that. It's a full-time person. Mm-hmm. I've, I've heard it said that for every bill that goes out, there's 40 minutes of back time uh, on getting that 
bill and that patient encounter either ready to go or out the door. Oh, Is that at pretty? Le- yeah, at yeah. least, and sometimes much more than that. Yeah, yeah. So that's. That's, folks, uh, just what we do is part and parcel. Um, and, Cindy, you could, you could pretty much tell us, too, um, compliance and, and just the practice management end of things, how do, you, how do you keep up with compliance? Well, I just try to – we're small enough that it's a little more easy to wrap your hands around, but um, if we have a mistake or, a, a, like, we fax something to the wrong number – you have to follow up. We haven't done that particular thing, but that's a good example of how easy it is to yeah, HIPAA, be, right? be yeah, not in compliance. So we have a, a few things. We've, we caught something once that we billed a patient for a certain drug, and it was actually another drug. So it was no consequence, but we document it, and we make copies, and we file them. And, uh, it, you know, it's just something to be vigilant for. Yeah, okay. Um you know, the, it's just the complexities in, in whole. Um, we also have HIPAA, and we've got HIPAA checks in place. Um, I, that's kind of where your bailiwick is as well. You see, your wheelhouse is full all oh, yeah. day, mm-hmm. and there's many gears and wheels running. Uh, so, uh, all right, John, grab the microphone. Let me ask you some questions. Go ahead. Hey, uh, i got to tell you, I'm, I'm quite proud of Cindy, but she's quite modest, actually. Um, yeah, her is. day uh, starts off by bringing in the mail as well as remuneration that may come in uh, by way of, of checks, which are uh, diminishing or insurance payments. She immediately begins to um, look to see that the electronic records from the day before have been closed so that she can begin the billing process and building uh, building the uh, electronic file. She will take each and every chart and scrub them that they match the, 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 the documentation on the evaluation and management and that the procedure is uh, completely compliant to the level of service and that the procedure note uh, is consistent with the uh, bills that have been transferred over to the uh, to the file being built. Uh, we try to get uh, all charges uh, out uh, within uh, the next billing day. And Cindy's primary duty uh, is to uh, get the uh, uh, all services rented the day before. Uh, completely uh, settled and closed and charged out. She is our primary uh, billing uh, specialist. Um, the uh, issues we run into from time to time will be she works closely with uh, a insurance specialist that does the uh, posting, and uh, between uh, Cindy and Christina, they will uh, work the AR to make sure that we're being efficient Tell us what an uh, AR is. Well, our accounts receivable is critical because um, we ran into a problem about four years ago when, um, as Cindy talked about, when people come in, uh, uh, there's been s- such a, a catastrophe in healthcare coverage that uh, our practice is primarily elderly people. And so um generally uh there's not going to be a problem with medicare unless they've entered into uh a medicare advantage plan that essentially does not cover our services um we also have run into problems recently where the supplement was actually a type of supplement that i uh, uh, unknown to me 
where over three or four years they had a $2,000 deductible. So a patient would have to meet a $2,000 deductible on their Medicare supplement before it would pay uh, some percent of their care. It's cut to be the, the sorriest scam ever. Uh, but at any rate, we do have our charitable care. We have uh, a number of people that come in. Uh, uh, by way, I got a call from the emergency room that uh, there are only two or three conditions I consider to be a pain emergency, regardless of ability to pay or whatever. And those patients will come to me. Uh, primarily, it's going to be a uh, an acute causalgia, uh, a reflex sympathetic dystrophy, or a spinal headache. Those patients just come right in. There, there's no right. we we do these right. patients regardless of ability to pay. But about four years ago, uh, our practice ran into a problem where, to answer your question about accounts receivable, because of the changing uh, landscape of coverage, our uh, accounts receivable began to increase uh, past 90, 120, 150 days. We had increasing amounts that were uncollectible. And at that point, as you know, Hans, you're, you're not going to collect those monies past that point in time. And this occurred through some systematic errors that had uh, developed under the present billing system we had. And there was a point where we were having stresses in making uh, payrolls for, for registered nurses and uh, uh, basically uh, three other support people. So we uh, basically had to be uh, a little bit uh, more diligent about seeking that somebody had some, that if there was any uh, uh, coverage, that we could try to find this to assist in, in their care. Uh, so um, as I was listening to Cindy, um, it's amazing that she can come in and she handles all the human resource issues, employee files. She does all payrolls. Uh, she's in constant uh, contact with uh, our CPA. And uh, this is an enormous amount of work. Uh, what we like about our shop is that any mistakes that she picks up the next day, they can be corrected uh, they can be corrected immediately so that I don't learn about it, you know, three months, four months later, or I, I find out that it flagged an audit because we made a, a simple mistake. And we're very, very concerned, as you know, because of the increasing strangle, strang, we're being increasingly strangled by federal rules and regs about how we do and what we do, et cetera, and the accession of documentation is killing us. Yeah, you know, that's true, Cindy. You are modest, but uh, if the back end of the office isn't done right, it opens the doors to all sorts of potentially very crippling issues from a regulatory standpoint to a business and practice management standpoint. It just It's just one of those things that you lose a little sleep over every night. There's one thing that our listeners may not know, and this is very, very true. They think that and at least I know a lot of our patients think we put a bill in and we we get what we what we charge and we get paid within a week it's kind of, it's it's not that way we may put a bill in they'll dispute it or they won't pay it for three six nine months sometimes or not pay it at all and too bad so sad but what do we do I mean what you know what can we do what can a patient do? with the physician to have a good relationship where everybody's happy. Well, it helps when they intervene with their own insurance company. 
and let them know what where they stand or what procedures they feel like they need and that are valid and they want to trust the doctor to make the right decision but then there's this insurance company that wants to to stonewall you and and make all these excuses why you really shouldn't have that procedure done and you did it too soon so we're not going to pay for it because you need 90 days of physical therapy you need proof of of uh, further studies in painkillers you know, over you know over the counter pain medicines uh, and it's just it's it's baffling what they don't want to pay for that's just our common everyday events we chase the ar down and uh on the insurance side if there's something out there that's not being paid christina's right on top of it she appeals she calls she appeals again she resubmits the claims and when it's a real pickle she'll come to me and we'll think about it what else to do and we'll call the rep the local reps if that's a possibility but it's tough, and if the patients can intervene, then they can make it a little easier for everyone to get the care they need and get paid for it. And our initial claims are out within 24 hours, typically. There are exceptions sometimes, but every day I bill for yesterday's total day. And uh, when we don't get paid, it shows up in the end, and that's why the AR is so important. Oh Well, John, you know, I, I can tell you it's demoralizing to me. When I really work hard with the patient... And then all of a sudden, denied. Or all of a sudden, we're not going to pay for that. Um, what do you mean you're not going to pay for that? That service was um, experimental, that air quotes again, or else not medically necessary. What do, what do we do about that? I mean, it's demoralizing. Well, there, there's nothing you can do about it because they don't answer to anybody. And uh, in the end, you... You, act, you just try to do what's right by the patient, and then you have to move on. And we have, one by one, began to eliminate uh, what we feel to be unscrupulous uh, insurance carriers uh, that have an opaque, uh, obstructive process. Um, it's very frustrating uh, in my area because sometimes we most of our contracts go through an intermediate uh, like a PHO, and that's an organization that uh, has been longstanding that actually they, from historical reasons, became the contracting entity with many of the payers. And rather than the payers uh, contract directly with the individual physician, they go through an organization. And some of these organizations have become very corrupt, opaque, they will not show you the terms of their agreement. They won't show what they are uh, uh, removed, that the fees they are keeping, uh, that there's uh, uh, so many barriers. Even if you have uh, a, an insurance company that's actually trying to develop a, a network and trying to do it right, by the time that they go through some of these intermediate organizations, uh, it, there's uh, rarely uh, uh, is... Uh, the the process understood or or fair to uh, many uh, physicians uh, such as myself, and we just simply have to continue to be efficient and continue to try to focus on um, uh, doing the right thing. But again, for practical purposes, practical purposes, we try to steer people um, toward the uh, better uh, supplements, better plans, and so forth. But we get some rude awakenings. Uh, recently, one of the only Medicare Advantage program I was participating in suddenly turned everything over to a Blue Cross, I think it was in Minnesota, 
and their answer was to say no to everything, even the cancer patients I had, even their chemotherapy, everything got stopped. And uh, we had a, a huge number of people that we've been caring for since the first year that we simply will never, ever be paid on. And so I had to inform those patients that we would see them medically. Uh, I would follow them, but the clinic couldn't afford to offer um, uh, free uh, procedures, unreimbursed procedures. And, again, there's no um, uh, recourse. These people uh, don't answer to anyone. That's true. So I guess everybody feels our frustration to some extent, but... It's also real good sometimes when you have an excellent relationship with an insurance company or a vendor or something along the lines, and you know they're making patients better and they understand. Cindy, round it out for us. What uh, What do you think? Um, I know John's a fantastic physician, and you, you are a fantastic office manager, but what do you think from a – and I work with my wife – from a just how-do-you-do-it um, world where – you work together all day, and then you go home, and you've got to shut it off. What do you do? Well, we don't always shut it off, but when we need to, I love to cook, and I look forward to cooking at the end of the day, even though my feet hurt. <laughs> and I would love to put a meal together, and my husband loves to eat, so we're a good pair. Um, but we do carry a lot of work home with us. You can't help but do that when you live there all day, every day. Yeah, and I don't do. see that much of my husband, because he's working on patients on one end of the clinic and my little cubbyhole office is on the opposite end but we do interface when i find a a question i need to ask about a billing so um we uh get along real well i think it's just a tribute to my husband's patience no no both both well i can say one thing i'm uniquely blessed with a, a spouse who really kind of gave up her original plans um Cindy um, graduated from Texas A&M with a degree in geology, and I always tell people this is my wife, the geologist, who does my medical building. That gives a good example of the state of affairs. And she's made a, a, a lot of sacrifices, but we had always, we were a couple that loves being around one another. And even if we are 25 feet apart, you know, and we don't see each other, we just know one another is nearby. And that's comforting to us. And we do try to not bring too much of this home, but inevitably when it becomes your world, it's just one that you try to put in perspective and and not let it stress you out and, and create issues. One thing I wanted to point out real quickly before this ended is that listeners may be questioning, you know, like, why are we doing this? And... It is my, my deepest conviction that it's, it's so – my patients, they, they don't want a revolving door of nurses and doctors. They, they like coming to a clinic that is – that they are received in a positive way, that the staff is trained to validate and listen to their issues – that we understand our mission statement. Our mission statement is to be there to address complex pain and medical disorders. Two, patient safety. Three, don't forget, one and two. And that after that, we try to make it a positive experience. If we can't help them, we'll get to someone who can. We've lost the integrity of our medical network, our, our medical 
um, in my community, we 25 years ago we had uh, uh, we were well rounded uh, with every specialty being represented by several doctors. Now our hospital, a 243 bed hospital, does not have a neurosurgeon. We don't have an endocrinologist. Our specialists have essentially abandoned our area as reimbursement has made it uh, uh, uneconomical to live or practice there. Um, we have been faced with people who lose their primary care doctor, um, refilling uh, primary care medications, diabetes medications, hypertensive medications outside my scope of practice only to bridge them until they find somebody. I think that the, the worst thing I'm seeing and the, as they vertically align care and force physicians um, into uh, uh, networks and hospital networks is uh, that patients don't like it. Uh, their chart, the session with charting and documenting uh, doesn't reflect uh, the, the reality of their care. I just almost all my patients get kicked out of the hospital with very uh, with no follow up there's no one to follow them or see them but the billing of the hospital is uh it's just uh unbelievable and i think that when i look at what we're doing we are trying to make ourselves available to our passion to get it right and do it right but it's diminishing, and it's a problem bigger than Cindy and I. But as long as we can do it, and we can do it together, we've made it unique, and we've made it we've made it something that that has given us a, a great sense of satisfaction. But yeah. It, but it's it's it. A lot of things come together uh, it, to make that happen. I just wish that. Um, uh, younger doctors um, would not be in such a, a, a terrible circumstance uh, to face uh, the changing uh, nature of our healthcare picture because the idea of a solo practice, um, I, I don't even think it will exist five years from now. I mean, it's just uh, the government uh, is very clear, wants to do away with specialty care. They want to do away with the idea of independent billing. They want to do away with anybody that that functions uh, uh, and represents the patient the way we do. So um, we can only uh, uh, set by example wellness and uh, set by example uh, doing the right thing. Yeah, well said, John. And you know, it's, it is it is a little frustrating for all of us. But at, when the day is done, we are still doctors. We are still husbands. And and speaking of that, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you this. You married her, and you do love her major, because a geologist will love you more as you get older. And how good is that? So, <laughs> so true, so true. <laughs> uh, well, I'm going to leave the, the dusty, crusty trail, and uh, thanks again for being on. Thank you. I love them to death, right, Kath? Oh, they are just an amazing couple. Yeah, they are. They are a breed that stands apart, both of them. They truly care about their people, they work with them, their patients, just the entire environment of care. 
And we do too. And I guess that's what makes a practice a practice. You know, it's more of an art than an actual science so many of the times because it's just all about people. And you learn that in nursing. Well, we keep our practice too, just like theirs as a family. Yeah, we really try. So I really want to thank everybody for coming to listen to us. And go rank us, uh, give us a rating at iTunes. It's really important so we stay visible. And we appreciate you telling your friends, family, neighbors, whomever. Come listen. You know, this show is for you. And send us a message. I read all of them, and I appreciate all the input. Any shows you want in the future and the like. I've got some great shows upcoming, um, and I'm looking forward to the interview with Gabor Rax, uh, MD, and a few others that are uh, fascinating. And we hope to see you soon. Thanks, Kathy, for helping out. Bye. Bye. Well, that was fun. I really enjoyed that. And I look forward to our next episode. I've got a pretty good lineup now. And uh, Gabor Rax is coming up. You're going to enjoy the heck out of that one. A true pioneer and one of the leaders in world pain medicine. I really consider him the leader. We're going to talk about others as well. And I just think that this is a great platform for you for uh, our, our patients, and we hope we give you value. To give us a kind of a, an idea of what you need to hear, go on to paininformation.com. You know, I read everything you send in, and I hope that we give you at least some answers through these podcasts. This is an informational network. We're just here to give information, not medical advice, but I think you know that, you know, there's a story. And we just hope we give you tremendous value. Let us know. And I guess we'll see you in a week.